Dave. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Strong Tea. I'm not Katie, I'm Vicky. Oh, why would you say that? That's so off-brand. That isn't what we say. And now I'm like, my Vicky, my Katie. It's it, with sleep deprivation playing a big part for me today. So let's just keep it simple. I am Katie. There we are. So one of us is Vicky, the other one's Katie, and together we make strong tea. If you haven't joined us before, please do check out our previous episodes. What we do is we talk about topics that we think everyone should know more about, should be talking more about, making the taboo less taboo, demystifying things, and just basically trying to help others as well as ourselves learn more about the things that we often bury our heads in the sand about. Today is no exception because we invite some incredible guests and today's guest is mind-blowing. She is an absolute legend. But before we introduce Katie properly, in age old fashion of strong tea, what are you drinking, Katie? <laughs> Hi, Vicky. By the way, Katie's the best name, by the way. Sorry, Vicky. Had to do that. I, yeah. I'm, drink, I'm drinking a good strong cup of Yorkshire tea. You yes! can't beat it. You can't beat it. <laughs> yes. Classic. Is it just is it just Yorkshire? Is it Yorkshire gold? It's got any, it's, got any milk it's, sugar? It's, it's the ordinary Yorkshire with, with milk, no sugar. Apparently okay. I'm sweet enough. Oh, there we are. You see, I'm learning not to attack our guests now for not drinking Yorkshire Gold. She's drinking Yorkshire. Give her a break. (laughs) At least I'm I'm not drinking any of that Tetley rubbish. (laughs) Yeah, there we are. There we are. (laughs) No offence to Tetley. Sorry. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) You're just not our bag, literally. (laughs) We're not going to get the sponsorship there now. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm matching you today, Katie. It must be the day of the Katie's and the Yorkshire teas because I've got exactly the same. I have a strong... Yorkshire tea with milk and no sugar so it's all good oh check out the Katie Club oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) I did get the memo (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, we've been there we've been messaging quietly what are we going to drink today Katie yeah I always knew there was a a Katie versus everyone else I always knew it Katie versus the world yeah Yeah. so what are you drinking Vicky I am drinking or have drunk Lazy Days Wild mm. Women Tea Club, which is brilliant. And it has, let me get this, leaves of nettle, rooibush, uh, chamomile, mint leaves, a bit of ginger, fennel, licorice root, sage and peppermint. Um, Katie Neves, that doesn't, yeah, okay, that, that that was a retching motion you just made. <laughs> not, your, not your cup of tea, my love. <laughs> not my cup of tea. I like tea to taste like tea. Are you not a herbal tea at all? No, 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 no. no. We're big fans of the herbal tea on this show. Really? We do like it. But the the good thing about Wild Women Tea is they are specifically tailored to hormones. Yeah. So Um, what's that one for, that one? This is calming and cleansing. Oh, see? Look, zen. Zen tea. And it it does Mm. taste refreshing and quite pepperminty, but obviously not as good as a Yorkshire tea. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Is this sponsored by Yorkshire? Anybody? No, but I am desperately oh, trying to get them sponsor it. We do we do drink the biggest I say blend of teas on this show, not to pun, but uh, we do drink so many different teas. But if it meant like sacking that all off and Yorkshire mm-hmm. saying just drink jam on toast tea, oh mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're here for it. We would love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, have you interviewed the, the the folk singer Kate Rusby? 
because no, she, no. You, you should do she's a great advocate of yorkshire tea oh, um, yeah she's even written a song that it includes as well <gasps> she's a brilliant singer as well she's a lovely person as well she get her on sold if she's listening to this get, get in touch on, yeah yeah she's a fabulous singer as well oh maybe we can get her to come and just sing about tea we could get a new theme song <laughs> oh, oh you started something now katie right before we get into into the realms of theme songs and teas and all of that I get the job today of introducing our fantastic guests and we are joined today by Katie Neves who is an award-winning filmmaker and photographer. She's a public speaker, she is an inspirational speaker, she is a trainer amongst many many other things and we are so so lucky to have her on the show today and I'm not gonna steal your thunder by telling our guests why you're here. I want you to do that. So in your own words, will you tell us your story, please, Katie? Thanks, Katie. Well, um, I'm just a gobby trans woman, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's um, the strap line for the show now. Just a gobby, a gobby trans, trans woman. woman. I love Not it. just a gobby trans woman, <laughs> the gobby trans woman. <laughs> That's the title. That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm basically, I've been a photographer and filmmaker for 37 years, but... Um, Five years ago, I came up very publicly as being a transgender woman after living um, as a man for 48 years um, while struggling with gender dysphoria all, all, all my life. And, and um, uh, you know, now, so I, I, I'm now, say, public speaker and uh, and a presenter and, and a trainer, um, do trans awareness training. And, and, and that, I'm on a mission to do two things. Um, it's called, I formed Cool to be Trans. Um, to do two things one is to reach out to other trans people to let them know that it's okay to be trans because it really is okay to be trans and the other thing is to um is to let everybody else know that that and educate everybody else just to let everybody else know that trans people are just ordinary people who want to be happy and that's all it is that's the only reason we transition we don't transition to be somebody that we're not we just want to be happy just like everyone else um and so i mean if i take you turn back to my my earliest memories age three or four was my mum catching me trying on some of my sister's clothes and uh, I remember when I did it it felt so right I felt right you know it couldn't have been anything sexual at the time because it was way before puberty so that would have been impossible but it was just an outward way of displaying how I felt inside but then my mum caught me and she told me off and she told me to take them off and for every day of the following week she would check to make sure I was wearing all my own clothes and it was humiliating, but it sowed the seeds for a very long time. What I was doing it was wrong. It was dirty. It was naughty. It was not what respectable people did. Now, I don't blame my mum for that because it was the early 1970s and it's just how things were then. And, you know, it was uh, she's a product of her generation. So I, I don't blame her for that at all. Um, and, and if you look back, to, I mean, it was only two years before I was born, that only became partially legalised for men to be gay. Um, and it was only recently that it's become fully legalized and it's crazy to think that it was ever Ill illegal and but then focus was all about that then and so there was a lot of this queer bashing that was going on in the 70s and 80s and and nobody ever spoke about trans people um and so the abuse that was being thrown at gay men in the in the 70s and 80s and being called, called them pedophiles and groomers and sex pests and all that sort of thing that's the sort of thing that's being thrown at trans women now mm -hmm. yeah and 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 so um, we're about 40 years behind them. So whereas they've come a long way since then, we're about 40 years behind them. Um, so I'd say I don't blame my mum for that at the time, but however much my mum told me off about that um, you know, and, and humiliated me, the urge and the need to cross-dress as I thought it was then would always be with me. And so um, throughout my childhood, I used to secretly dress in my sister's clothes whenever I had the opportunity. And whenever I did it, 
it felt so right. But then, uh, you know, every time I did it, those feelings of feeling right were very quickly overtaken by feelings of guilt and shame and self-loathing because I would have been told it was wrong. It was, mm-hmm. it was naughty. It was not what respect, respectable people did. And so every time I did it, I'd promised myself I would never, ever do it again. And I tried so hard to not do it. I really did. It was just, it, it was it was awful. Um, and But it was futile because every time I tried to suppress that need, it would always come back and usually with a vengeance. And and so this vicious cycle went right on until my mid-20s and I trained to become a, a press photographer and I was working on newspapers in Kent before I moved up to the Midlands when I got a job as a, a senior staff photographer with the Coventry Evening Telegraph. And I stayed there for five years before leaving to set up my own freelance photography and video business, which I called Martin Neves Photography and Film, because it was named after my old male name, which is Martin, which I don't mind telling you. Most trans people do have issues with telling you their old names. They call it their dead name, but I'm completely comfortable with it. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, so, so I mean, it's a, it's a top tip. If you're going to start your own business, don't call it after your own name, particularly if you're trans. It just doesn't work. <laughs> It really doesn't, yeah. And and so, you know, so so by my mid twenties, you know, I got a successful business and I got married for the first time. And it was only in my mid twenties that I finally accepted and embraced the fact that then, so I thought, I was a cross dresser. Um, and as soon as I admitted it to myself and embraced it, I no longer felt guilty about it. It was like a whole weight lifting off my shoulders. And I realised I had a condition called gender dysphoria. And what that is, is a great feeling of unease and distress caused by a mismatch between how I felt in my head and my heart, i.e. my gender identity, as opposed to my primary sex characteristics. You know, what was between my legs and the label I was given at birth? And so, um, you know, and the thing about gender dysphoria is that it can vary in intensity and it very often increases over time. And that's exactly what happened with me. And and I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, but at the time, I, as far as I was concerned, I was happy as a man who needed to cross dress. It was I treated it more like a hobby that would always be part of me, something that I'd always need to do. Um, and, um, and 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 that that was OK for quite a few years. And and then and oh, can you hear that? My cat's just arrived. <laughs> Could hear something else. He's just arrived. He's just yeah. Oh well, it adds, it adds color to this piece, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We have all sorts of. Uh, we normally have dog sound engineers. So his first cat sound engineer. Well, really? Oh well, yeah. well, he love it. He was he was funny the other day. I was on a call and he he climbed up on the sofa next to me and he laid down on it and he got so relaxed he fell off and he slid down <laughs> and he ended up being trapped between my arm and the arm of the sofa. Here he comes. He's he's up here now. Oh. Oh, oh, he's, he's oh. quite he's quite chatty, isn't he? He is. He's a very chatty catty. Oh. What's his name? <laughs> Zebedee. Zebedee. Is yeah. in the magic roundabout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, we called him that when he was a kitten. He kept springing up everywhere. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we, di- we digress. <laughs> we, we digress. Yeah, he he, um, he he has a habit of doing this. So he likes to okay. He's heard it all before, so he'll probably heckle me. Um, <laughs> so. Anyway, I'm not. I'll, there's not enough time, obviously, this to, to, to tell my whole story. So I'll, I'll skip a few bits out of it. But it's quite a story to tell. But um, basically, you know, I, I was like, okay, like that for, for a while, right up until my um, until I was about 48, and then my uh, there's a whole journey that went on. But my gender dysphoria increased dramatically, um, and, and it got to the point of in uh, what was the 11th of January 2018 that I finally admitted to myself that. I'm a transgender woman and that I need to change my body. And um, that was the point that I really felt female. And I really felt that 
Martin had stepped back and Katie had taken over. But the thing is, um, there's one thing sort of knowing I was trans, but there's another thing doing something about it. Things that I didn't want to be trans. No one does, is it? it usually involves a lot of lost pain and heartache as well as dealing with prejudice and bigotry along the way. You know, no one chooses to be trans. But the only choice you have is whether you do anything about it or not. And the research that I did showed that most trans people who decide to transition after the initial lost pain and heartache and bumpy journey along the way, usually go on to lead happy and contented lives. Whereas many trans people who decide not to transition and who decide to live their lives for other people, then they often sadly end up in a spiral of depression or often worse. So the urge to live my truth was so overwhelmingly strong. And so on one, one hand, I was relieved that I finally knew what my gender identity was because I went through a spell where I just didn't know I was in complete turmoil. I mean, it's it's quite a journey that I went on, um, you know, to 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 get to get there, and and also then to discover my true gender identity. But so, um, but when when I did, it was it was a relief that I admitted it. But it was frightening on the other hand because it's massive. I mean, it's a huge thing to actually yeah. think: can I actually do this? And for me, it was like being on one side of a canyon and happiness was on the other side, and I had to make this big leap of faith knowing that if I leapt and I fell, then I just have to jolly well get myself up, dust myself off and and carry on and pick myself up and carry on till I got to the other side and found happiness. And thankfully I've been able to do that. I did fall down a few times, but I managed to pick myself up and managed to get myself to the other side and I couldn't be happier now. <laughs> it's just, it's, I, I love living my, my truth, my, my real life. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It really is. And um, yeah. And, and, you know, even though I've got a different appearance and a different name, I'm still exactly the same person on the inside. You know, I've got the same skills, the same experience, the same sense of integrity, sense of same sense of humour, however warped. But yeah, I'm still exactly the same person on the inside, but far, far happier. I also have cravings for chocolate now too, but it's a girl thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have my secret stash of emergency chocolate in the fridge just in case. Oh. It doesn't stay there for very long, you understand. <laughs> No, but, emergency, um, emergency stashes never do. No, <laughs> exactly. But then when I started doing that, I decided to, decided to um, uh, well, but things, my, my, my photography and video business, say, was named after my old male name. It's Martin Neves Photography and Film. But And I felt that at the time, I couldn't change the name to Katie Neves Photography and Film because um, it had been an established brand for 22 years. And I got loads of great reviews um, that were all referring to Martin at that point. And so um, I just felt that it was impossible to take Martin out of business completely. And so um, what I decided to do was to make a coming out video. And I sent it to all my clients and I put it on all my social media. You know, go big or go home. Wow. <laughs> That's frightening. And I remember my finger nervously hovering over the mouse, knowing that as soon as I make that click to make the video live, my life would never be the same again. You know, I, I clicked the mouse and I waited, but then I had to go on a job. <laughs> but mine wasn't on the job at all. I, I took the photos as quickly as I could, but I couldn't wait to get back to see what was on. Well, Facebook was the first one. And it was frightening because, because the thing is, I, I wasn't, because I, I was self-employed, I, I wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't protected by any employment laws. So if my clients had an issue with my being trans, then the mm. phone would stop ringing and, you know, I'd lose all my income, my client my reputation everything gone you know I can't begin to impress on you how much of a risk it was yeah. but I needn't worry because when I got back I was inundated with hundreds of messages of support it was amazing I felt so loved 
Um, and then coming out went from being something that I was absolutely dreading to being one of the most uplifting experiences of my life. You know, second only to the birth of my daughter. It was right up there. It was, it was amazing. It, it was, it was wow. incredible. So, um, so then I, I started vlogging my story, you know, to, to, to do those two things, to, to reach out to other trans people, to let them know that it's okay to be trans. You can be trans and you can be happy. Um, and then also to, to, to educate everybody else about trans issues and to, to show just to just to, to demystify the whole process make it accessible and just to show them that we're, we're just ordinary people do you want to be happy yeah. um and so then my story got picked up uh in the local media and i started doing interviews for local radio and local newspapers and then that escalated and i started doing interviews for national radio national television national newspapers and magazines and so all of a sudden become this trans ambassador or got me trans woman as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, and then that led to me forming cool to be trans to do trans women's training and inspirational speaking and presenting and you know um you know awards hosting and all, all sorts of uh all sorts of amazing things and yeah it's it's incredible that the the opportunities that have come my way i mean since i've been living my truth i mean you know i had my portrait painted for an art exhibition in belfast recently and last year i ended up on the catwalk at london fashion week i mean who knew who knew i mean it's just bizarre and you know now i'm hosting a bbc sound series and it's it's just it's incredible the opportunities that come your way is just amazing i'm loving my life i ought to shut up now i do talk a lot don't i (laughs) no i love it (laughs) So I, I'm like I'm listening I'm so absorbed in it I'm like I've had to write my questions down on my little piece of paper because I'm like that's gonna go out of my head um, <laughs> I, I want to take a jump back because you yeah, talked sure. at one point where you said you thought you would you thought the cross-dressing would just be this hobby that you had mm. and that that would always be a part of your life and that that would be enough at that point was trans visibility a thing were there were there sort of icons that you could identify that were transgender that you were like yes that that's what I am I just that's not what I think I need at the moment or was it Mm. like you just thought cross-dressing was where it was at yeah not really it was well the the first trans woman that I had heard of was um a woman called April Ashley um and she so she was um she was a real pioneer this but i still i didn't identify as being trans at that point um because the thing is it's the thing about gender dysphoria is that it does vary in intensity and it's very common for it to increase over time and particularly in the late 40s and so um it's not uncommon so, so i mean there's there's an, there's an old joke in the trans world that it uses the old t- terminology of instead of using cross-dresser and transgender it uses transsexual and and transvestite so use the old old words but it says what's the difference between a transvestite and a transsexual the answer is about 10 years in the divorce <laughs> who knew, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> yeah. i never thought it would apply to me but it certainly did you know um yeah well two divorces in fact <laughs> but, not both uh, at the same time i hope not both at the same time no definitely not no um but um yeah it, it's just now at the time it, the level of gender dysphoria was low enough that it was satisfied mm-hmm. by my occasional cross-dressing so i genuinely thought i was just a cross-dresser and i, I knew it would always be part of me but i it was satisfied by my occasional cross-dressing and that was all it was yeah. um it was interesting though it's actually um there was um I, I used to go to beauty ther- beauty therapists well I still do and so I've, lots of my friends are beauty therapists because I've made friends with them and um 
and it's funny there's one one of those that um uh, beauty therapist that that when i came out to as being trans she just said to me well i knew you were but it wasn't my place to tell you because she's she treated quite a lot of cross-dressers who'd gone and said but none of them were like you said that they were doing it more for sexual kicks or whatever and you weren't it was I could see it was the real you but said she said that it wasn't my place to tell you um and it was really interesting because she's the only person who said that to me nobody else has said that to me but but it's really interesting that she she'd spotted that and yeah you hear weird? that with a lot of coming out stories don't you where people say yeah I know and yeah what took you so long <laughs> But it's yeah. funny, but but I tell you this though, I hid it so well that, that because it was like a dirty secret that I there's no way that I could come out to it, and even to the point of things like when um, when I was uh, still working as a press photographer at the Coventry Evening Telegraph, and um, I was um, uh, one of my colleagues had to um, go out and, and photograph a, a feature on a crossdresser, and um, and it's a the time photographic departments on newspapers were very blokey and you know it's a real laddish sort of culture and and um the photographer went out to photograph this um this cross dresser got so much ribbing got i mean the mickey taken out mercilessly and and all this banter <laughs> um and and it was it was awful and and i just felt that i had to go along with it um and um because I, I didn't want to blow my cover. I didn't want to say, say, well, actually, you've got a cross-dresser working with you. I couldn't. I had to go along with it. Just yeah. and, and I felt terrible having to do that. But I did it just because there was absolutely no way that I was going to blow my cover. Yeah. And so many times that, you know, I've sort of gone out. Um, well, what I used to do is I used to go to the beauty therapist. And, and I, well, first of all, I just get dressed at home and whatever. But eventually I got a bit more bold and I started going out. And so what I used to, but I was too afraid to go out from home. And so what I'd do is I'd go out just as, as, as Martin, um, go to the salon and then they'd do my makeup. So it all looked spot on and, and everything. And then I'd put my wig on and everything. And, and then I, and then I'd go out, I'd go out for the day shopping in totally unsuitable shoes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I'd go, because I'd got to know them well, you know, I'd, I'd go back to one of their houses and then get changed for the evening. And then a whole load of us would go out for a, uh, for, for a meal and we'd have a girl's night out. And it was, I used to live for those days and those nights because just all I ever wanted to be was just accepted as one of the girls. And that was all it was. And, and it was brilliant. And they were so kind to me. It was brilliant. And then what I used to, in the early days, I used to then, you know, go back to either one of their houses or to the salon and then just get the makeup off and get changed and then come back in, you know, as Martin. But then as I got a bit bolder, then I used to sort of come come back as Katie, but um, under cover of darkness, you know, just in case the neighbours <laughs> saw. And I think I, I'm sure I, I could be in the SAS. <laughs> and, and, and amazingly, I did that for so many years. And amazingly, I didn't get caught out by a neighbour once, not once. And I, I really thought that I would. I didn't yeah did they just think there's a hot blonde that just kept coming to the house <laughs> well I don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm well known in the village and then yeah that you know people know my car and everything so I, and I just live in a cul-de-sac and everything so it's just like it was a difficult place to, but yeah not once did I get caught it was I was so lucky but it's really <laughs> funny when I when I came out as being trans with my coming out video it's funny there was no so I live in a in a village and in, in Leicestershire and, and um there was like no gossip or anything that hung around for ages because I, I, I just did it so on such a big scale with this this big coming out video. Nobody could say anything about me that I hadn't said myself. It was all there and yeah. more. It was all there. 
and explanations and everything. And so it was just easy. It just did it. But what I did do before I put, I made that video live, um, I had a weekend where I was just walking up and down the road, knocking on all the neighbors doors, just saying, look, this is what's going to be happening. And, <laughs> um, and, um, and so once I'd done that and, and after that, then I thought, well, actually, I can actually go out as the real me in public, you know, without having to come back under the cover of darkness or anything. <laughs> I went out there, just I've got a dress on, I got, got myself worked up for it, thinking, oh, you're really nervous. Went out there. Not a soul out there was, <laughs> was gutted and nobody there to see me. I thought, right, next time I'm going to go high kicking down the, 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 you know, the, the street, you know, doing jazz hands, singing, I am what I am. <laughs> Yeah, not a soul out there. Yeah, I was gutted. <laughs> <laughs> You've talked about that video um, a couple of mm. times and I've watched it on your website. And honestly, the bravery that it must have taken yeah. to actually A, record it and then B, put it out there must have been it. <laughs> it just insane. It's so powerful. It really is. But in terms mm. of you coming out to your sort of nearest and dearest your family your closest friends which i'm assuming you did before the video rather than just pinging it to them (laughs) yeah by the way watch this (laughs) what was that like for you was that more nerve-wracking was that you know were you worried about their reactions of course i was yeah 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 i'm not obviously i had to tell you know closest friends and nearest and dearest first before going public like that because mm-hmm. coming out is is generally a very gradual process and normally most people tell a small close trusted group of friends first then they tell a few more people and then tell a few more people and then they go right to the outer edges of their friendships circle and they start telling people that they know won't get it and won't understand and that's usually the families <laughs> it was in my case and most of my trans friends cases um, but by then you've got you, you've built up your support network all around you. So, um, so I told my close trusted friends first before I told family, um, and 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 you know, sort of talking it all through. And, and they were brilliant. I've got some wonderful friends, so fantastic friends. I really have. And it's 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 a really good way of finding out who your true friends are. Um, it's quite an extreme way, so I don't recommend it for everybody. <laughs> so if you're listening, don't try this at home. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it, but it it was, and so so some some friends I lost, but they uh, and they obviously weren't my true friends, and it was surprising some that I lost that I thought I'd keep, but then others that I kept and I that I thought I'd lose. So it wasn't always predictable. Um, but the hardest ones actually were yeah were were family. So I you know I had a lot of losses there. So um I lost my wife through it. Um I'm not I, I understand that. Um I mean I ought to explain actually the difference to uh, I mean sex, sexuality and gender are two separate entities and they're not linked. So in my case, I've always been attracted to women and I still am. It's just been one of the constants in my life. It's just that for me, the labels changed. So previously I was labelled as a heterosexual man, now I'm labelled as a lesbian feels no different to me i'm just attracted to women that's all it is you know that's uh-huh. just no difference but obviously for my wife uh this is my second wife and i'm collecting them <laughs> <laughs> so, so um but um so she she was attracted to men and so her label hadn't changed so there was a problem there was a mismatch and we tried counseling but it didn't work and i understand it you know um and and respect it you know uh, um, her, her decision to leave me but uh, so so i lost my wife through it um, I had big problems with my daughter through it. Um, she was six at the time when I told her. Um, w- although she's actually been one of the best ones. Actually, she she um, I was gonna say she she was uh, 
say six is, is sort of old enough to have an adult conversation with but still young enough to be adaptable and that's what proved to be the case so but I, I what I did do is I did show her my cross-dressing right from birth I mean, my wife didn't want me to do that but I'm really glad that I went against her wishes to do that because it made it a lot easier for her later on so and she's accepted me totally now she's just like brilliant she's been she's my biggest supporter now she's fantastic um and but um but and most of the problems that we had with her actually were um were the same problems that most people have you know that we that, that split up you know kids from split families um, in fact actually I can if you'll, if you'll indulge me I can read you a poem that my daughter wrote actually she um she's she's 12 now but it was when she was 11 um she had um so it's about six months ago she had to write a poem for her English homework um and this actually and it was about family and she decided to write it about how she coped with my transition and it's a beautiful poem it's very short it goes like this it says one day my dad sat me down and told me that he was now she it took me a while to understand but i knew it made her happy i really didn't want change to take over and make me prisoner but i had to go along with it and zip my mouth tight shut but as i got older my brain got stronger and I finally understood. My dad would still be my dad, even if she had a different gender. Now I am her number one supporter. Isn't that oh, lovely? Oh my gosh. Lovely? Age eleven did that. I'm so proud of for that. So um but she and she could she still calls me dad, and I'm proud for her to call me dad because I'm I'm proud to be a dad and I love her calling me dad, but obviously it's a gender term. And mm. so so what what we tend to do now is she she calls me dad in private, but then in public, she'll either call me mum or she'll call me Katie because then that doesn't help me. Um, and she gets it now, although it's taken quite a few years to get to that point. So we've had lots of times where she, in the early years, she didn't have, she didn't get the concept that you shouldn't out someone. And so she, you know, she could be on top of a climbing frame in a playground and she shout out dad and I'll go tottering over and I get all these looks. Every other <laughs> um, but there was one place that, I always um, banned her calling me dad and that was in the lose because I thought, well, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want any other women to feel um, threatened by my presence and, and I didn't want to be subject to any abuse and I didn't want my daughter to be subject to any abuse. But there's one memorable moment when I was, uh, I was in a cubicle and then there were women in cubicles either side of me and my daughter was just outside my cubicle door. And I heard this little voice from outside the door saying, dad, I thought, oh no, here we go. But then she realised what she what she'd done wrong, and she, then she sort of corrected herself and she said, uh, "Katie." And I thought, "Well, it's too blooming late now, yes. isn't it?" <laughs> and so I said in my highest voice, "Yes, darling." <laughs> and then there was a pause, and then she said, um, "So, are you going to start having periods now?" Then, <laughs> oh no, don't do this to me. <laughs> I said, "No, darling." And then a pause. So why is that then? Oh no, just uh, just stop it, stop it. So I said, "I'll tell you later." Darling. I couldn't wait to get out of it. <laughs> wanted the ground to open up and swallow me. Terrible. Bloody kids. <laughs> I know, bloody kids, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so so that's but but my daughter, she's amazing. She is my number one supporter. She's fantastic. Uh and then I had big problems with my mum through it. Um she's um uh she's quite religious. Um, but she rejected me completely when she first saw me as is the real me. And um she she lived down in Kent and uh, so I'm in Leicestershire and I took my daughter down there and uh, you know because my daughter has accepted me so well and so I thought well it'd be good to sort of show show how well she she um, she's coping with it 
And so um, went down there. My daughter went running in, gave her a big hug and everything. And I expected the same. Didn't go running in there, <laughs> but I expected the same. And I went to give her a big hug and she looked at me and said, what's that? It doesn't belong to me. And she turned her back and walked away from me. And that was a real low point in our relationship. Um, it was horrendous. And, and, and it's taken some time to rebuild that. But we have rebuilt it now. And the thing that's helped us has been the COVID and lockdown um because because she she hasn't got any internet access or or um smartphones or anything like that we couldn't do any video calls and of course with lockdown i wasn't able to go and visit her so the only contact we had was telephone so i just decided right from day one of the first lockdown that i would phone her every day and i've done that ever since and that has really re allowed us to rebuild our our relationship and unfortunately now she's got dementia and she's in a care home now and uh so she's regressing more now and so every day without fail she'll misgender me and and and, uh, and call me by my old name but um she's the only person who i allow to get away with that because i, I know that it's not her talking it's her it's yeah. her alzheimer's talking um so that's my mum. And then the only other one is my sister. And, and my sister's a very evangelical, born-again Christian, and she doesn't want to know me. Apparently that's incompatible with having a trans sibling. So there you go. That's her loss. Her loss. Her loss. So, but it's a shame. It's a shame, but it's just, yeah, because we were very, we had a very happy childhood and we were very close as kids, but unfortunately that's... Well, I guess, so there you go. That's, but families are generally the, generally the hardest, definitely. But it does go back to what you said originally, that you know people don't choose to be trans god no there's so much you know you, you go through so much like you said heartache trauma and the relationships and yeah it, it just it goes back to everything that you risked it all but it was to come home if that makes sense it yeah. was yeah yeah and and the thing is that yeah no one chooses to be trans because it's such a difficult journey you can't imagine a more difficult thing to do to yourself and so i mean no one in the right mind would choose it you know i it would have been so much easier for me to have not done it. and and i could have quite easily have just yeah. not not faced up to it and because the life i had before was perfectly good you know i had a happy home life i had a successful business and everything it was just you know i but i risked it all to, to be the real me and i'm so glad i have now because although i have had lots of losses Oh, my life is so much better now. It's just I'm, I can't believe. You know, I've lost count of the number of people who told me that I look so much happier now. And I'm not surprised because it's the real me. <laughs> it's the real me, and I'm loving living my truth. Good things happen when you live your truth. They really Definitely. do. Definitely. You said something in our pre-chat that's really stuck with me, and I, I just want to explore it a little bit and ask you about it because, as you said, a lot of trans folk don't really like to talk about their previous lives or their past. And you said something in our pre-chat where you said you were very grateful to Martin for letting me, Katie, come forward. Yeah. And that really, I don't know, that, that just touched me. Was there an element of uh, grieving for Martin or as well as being thank thankful for the things that that past life had given you for now? Um, I wasn't grieving for Martin. Um, is it, I've, I've had a, a lot of help with this because most trans people do struggle with this and and and. Um, a lot of them they want to just f completely forget about their old life and I understand why especially especially the ones who have had much stronger gender dysphoria from an earlier age than I did because often they would have had very miserable lives struggling with it and so of course they want to forget about it they want to block out all that pain so I completely understand and respect why people do want to do that 
But for me, most of the time I was happy as I was, but there was that gender dysphoria that always there bubbling away and it, then it increased. And so, and so I don't want to block out the previous 48 years of my history. And so like, if you were to come to my house, you'll see there's pictures up of the old me up on the walls and stuff still, I don't, I don't want to take them all down and block all that out completely. And, 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 and it's helped in terms of keeping my old, my old friends and stuff as well. And we share and we, where we've got shared memories of things that we've done together and, 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 it, and it, it definitely helps, but I've had help. Um, there's um a spiritual healer and and um and clairvoyant who, who's helped me an awful lot and that's that she usually played a big part in 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 helping me to discover the real me and that's the bit of the journey that i didn't tell you because it's, it's a lot to it it's a long story but you know you know when people hear the whole story then they, they yeah they, they get it but uh, it's just she's helped me an awful lot she's been absolutely amazing and and without her she's the person that I, who i credit to me being so comfortable with my past and 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 um and and we had various different sessions where it was like you know showing my, me showing my gratitude to Martin. And it's funny talking about me like as the third person, but as far as I'm concerned, like Martin will always be with me. He'll always be part in my heart. Mm. But I am grateful to him for stepping back and allowing me to be Katie. Um, yeah, it's it's an odd way of viewing, it, but that's that's how I that's how I view it really. And and I'm completely comfortable with where I am and completely comfortable with my past. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm proud of everything I achieved as Martin and, 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 and that's all fine. I'm, and, and it's, you know, and, and, and although I've still got the photography business, which is still named after Martin, which is quite a nice way of keeping his name going in, in a way. Um, I don't do so much with photography now. So most of my work now is with, with cool to be trans now. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, but I'm completely, Cool with that and it's funny i went through a stage when uh on the bottom of my emails with with other with the photography email you know i used to put because uh, you have martin needs photography at the bottom of it and i i put uh martin is not my husband my dad my partner or my boss <laughs> click here to find out more and then it would take through to the call to be trans website <laughs> brilliant i love that it's 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 really interesting hearing you talk like that because we've had lots of trans people on the show and we never delve into anything that makes people feel uncomfortable. And a no. lot of our trans guests have put that person to bed, if you like, and they, yeah. they don't want to talk about them. So actually hearing that and it from a different perspective is really interesting. So thank you for sharing that. And yeah. um, you obviously mentioned your brand, which for those of you that can't see, Katie's got a fantastic mug with it on, <laughs> called to be trans. Um, tell us more about that. Tell us how it came about. Tell us what it means. Tell us what you do for people. Yeah, well, it, it it's it's one of those things that when when I decided to to then you know build this into a bigger thing rather than just vlogging my journey and 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 then and then advocating for trans people and, and you know I wanted to support people, trans people and I wanted to give trans people some hope because so many so many trans people I mean more than fifty percent of trans people are too frightened to step out of their front door. Um, because of all the hate we see, we see an awful lot of hate and misinformation in, on social media, in the mainstream media, and and in politics as well. It's it's absolutely toxic at the moment for trans people, and um, in the UK, not just in the UK, a lot in the US as well, and, and and lots of other places in the world as well. It's it's getting really really toxic, and so many people, sort of the trans people, they see all of that hate and misinformation, and they think that's what it's like in real life everywhere. But it's not, and certainly, uh, I found that you know I, I don't generally get any problems where wherever I go. Having said, I I do appreciate I do have 
what we call passing privilege. I think when people see me, um, I don't think they realize that I'm trans. Um, okay. To your listeners now, you, you, you're hearing this bloke's voice and you're probably thinking, who's that bloke speaking? <laughs> Just look on the, look at the, look at the photo on there. <laughs> before you judge. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I, so I do appreciate that I, I have that privilege and so I get less hassle because we do live in a very lookist society. Um, and so a lot of my trans friends who, um, uh, you know, trans female friends who, who have a more masculine appearance, they do get more, more grief publicly. Um, but most of the, so most of the time, so I have no problems in general life, but it's just, you know, I get, I get thousands of messages of hate on, on, on social media and, and, uh, um, and you see all this in 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 Parliament and everything. It's just it's and, and and in the media, it's disgusting. It really is. And and um, and so you know, I I wanted to do something positive and just show have some positive trans representation because I didn't want to sort of go down the rabbit hole of just like lots of confrontational things. And so often, the only time the media want you on there is when they want to get you on for an argument. And mm. um, and I I do lots of media interviews, but I turn down more than I do because so often, I mean, um, I turned down Piers Morgan recently um you know his um understandable yeah. yeah his, his producer wanted me on his uncensored show on uh talk tv and um so i so i to, to discuss um uh, whether jk rowling is transphobic or not well she is end of story there's no question so right what's, what's yeah, next? there so, we are next right yeah next <laughs> on we go so so um and i wrote an open letter to jk rowling a few years ago that went viral and everything so um but anyway um I, I just wrote wrote back to to this uh, to this producer and wrote an email about saying, "Oh, th thank you for your inquiry. Um, but given Piers Morgan's past track record on on trans issues, I would rather stick rusty pins in my eyes while chewing my left arm off than being interviewed by that trans hostile bigot." But it's lovely of you to ask me anyway. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, yes, she is transphobic. <laughs> yeah. So 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 um so I want to do something much more positive than that, and so I thought, well. You know, doing this advocacy and, and just representing trans people in a positive way and just showing that you can enjoy life and you have a can have a, a good life as a trans person life doesn't end when you admit to yourself you're trans and you start your transition it's only beginning really so it's just it's incredible mm. the opportunities i've had far more opportunities and really exciting opportunities that have come my way since i've been living my truth and i i i used to i for years i used to sort of worry about what people thought about me um and, and and so I tried to be the person that I thought other people wanted me to be and it took me 48 years to realize well actually nobody gives a damn they're they're too wrapped up in their own bubble mm. they've got their own worries going on nobody gives a damn about anybody else <laughs> yeah we're all preoccupied with ourselves and that's human that's to be human is to be like that and so let them do them i'll do me i'm doing me i'm very happy thank you very much and if people don't like me well they're not my tribe i don't care mm. i don't care what people think about me at all i don't give a stuff all i care about is that people treat me with respect just as i treat them with with respect that's all that's all that matters that's all that's important doesn't matter if i don't care yeah but pre-transition i don't think people had a strong opinion about me either way now people have very strong opinions they either love me or they hate me well, the people that hate me, well, I don't care about them because they're not my tribe. Mm. People that love me, great, they're my good friends, and, and that's that's how we go on. And so I thought, well, cool to be trans was a a really positive name, um, because I thought, well, um, I did 
because I was wanted to show that it's okay to be trans, but I thought, well, just okay to be trans is a bit bland and whatever. But I thought, well, cool, it's, <laughs> it's quite a cool name. And so it wasn't like some people have criticised me, sort of saying, oh, well, you're, you're trying to sort of groom people into to being trans. That's impossible because you can't you can't force somebody to be trans just as you can't force somebody not to be trans. That's why conversion practices don't work and they're harmful. Yeah. You can't. But it's just showing that it's okay to be trans. And it was just I just thought it was a catchy name and it seems to call on. And in general, most people really like it. And, and so mm. it's worked. It's worked for me. Um, we'll put obviously the link to uh call to be trans and all of the including your video all on um the bio on our website um but that message of empowerment comes across loud and clear from the work that you do and from the website and it's yeah recommend everyone to have a look um because you, you you've helpfully put a few uh snippets of your presentations and so on on there as well um, and you've done, like you said, you've done countless interviews with the me media and you're currently doing um, time for some LGBT, like it, yeah. um, on BBC <laughs> Sounds. Um, do you feel that trans representation is increasing, getting better and the public awareness is progressing? Even what you've just said there with, you know, what you see isn't always the truth. Yeah, I think it's about balanced answer there. Uh, I think um, public awareness is increasing, but not always in a good way, because the trouble is that there is all this misinformation. And I would say it's dripping out. It's not dripping out. It's flooding out. And, and we're even getting it from the prime minister, you know, pr prime minister making jokes about trans people in parliament and stuff. And, and you know, it's just... It's, it's awful, you know, like, so it's, you know, just just to score points over the opposition, just sort of saying, oh, you know, 100% of trans people don't have a penis. Uh, uh, no, sorry, 100% of women don't have a penis. Well, they're wrong, you know, because pre-op trans women and non-op trans women do. And, and, and you know, just because they're, uh, they're an owner of something dangly between their legs doesn't mean to say that it works or that they want it there. Because even if they've got one there, if they're, if they're on hormone treatment, it won't work. It doesn't have a sexual function. It shrivels up and doesn't work, so it has no it has no sexual use, and there's no all the sex drive goes. So they're talking about you. You couldn't find the least sexual group of people than trans women, yeah, especially <laughs> pre-op trans women. Yeah, because we yeah because trans women we, you know we've either been chemically castrated or, or physically castrated. So yeah, to try and paint us into that picture of being sexual predators and whatever totally wrong and it's damaging and it's harmful to, to the trans community and what happens is that it has this 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 effect of the people who because most people haven't got the foggiest idea about trans issues at all about trans people most people have never knowingly met a trans person they will have met loads but they won't have always known they were trans when people meet me in the street they pass me in the street they don't know that i'm trans yeah when they talk to me and they hear my deep voice then they may well do but um you know um but 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 even if they do, then they often don't. You know, they're not. They don't feel able to ask them questions, and, and they, you know, shouldn't really you know, unless they know them really well. You know, you shouldn't treat them as an encyclopedia. Um, go go to people who who have put themselves out there to educate. You know, and 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 that's the best way to do it. And so, um, you know, and and so most people, uh, I, I think, are neutral on the subject but don't want to offend. But they're having their um, views clouded by all this mis misinformation that's being 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 fed to them um and so for instance there's a, there's a, there's a good friend of mine who is 100 percent trans supportive 100 um 
but she started believing some of the things that she was seeing in the media. You know, when all this um, kicked up about the um, gender recognition reform bill in Scotland and, and then the, the, the UK government uh, overrid it, uh, overrode it, overrode it, <laughs> bad, overrode it by um, uh, by triggering Section 35 of the, you know, the Scotland Act. Um, and and they and she was sort of saying, noble, 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 Changing your name on your birth, so your, your the, the 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 sex marker on your birth certificate, and then the only things that that affects is your marriage certificate and your death certificate. That's all it is. So it's basically it's just about dignity in marriage and dignity in death. That's it. it. Doesn't affect anything else at all. And that's all there is to it. And, but most people don't know that. They haven't got a clue that that's what it's about. And 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 they believe all the stuff that they see in, and hear in, in in Parliament and and in the media, um, and it's, it's so damaging. And, and what's what's happening is that it's going to lead all it's going to lead to, um, because it's, it inevitably gets back to 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 lose and you know same sex spaces and stuff like that. We'll just end up with with people um, doing being being the gender police, if you like, um, and challenging more masculine looking women when they use the lose. Now, I'm very lucky using the lose. Um, however, lots of my trans friends have. But even more so, I have lots of butch lesbian friends who are cisgender, so they're, they're not trans, um, but they get a lot of abuse and, yeah. and a lot of challenging because they've got a more masculine appearance. And this is only going to get worse. And, and they're, the, they're the people who are really going to lose out. They're going to, you know, because you know, people are going to be challenging them and threatening them, and it's, gonna, it's awful for them um, because mm. there, is no, there is absolutely no way of policing it, no way at all. We talked about that in a previous episode. So there's a few um, major allies on Instagram and social media who have been who have videoed them being approached, and they're cisgendered women, but they've been approached and challenged in toilets. And yep. you just think, what gives people the audacity or the right to? It, it's just mind blowing that. Mm. Well, you don't look happening. female enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't look like a woman. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. And it's what's it's I mean, Vicky gets very much on her soapbox about this, but it's what society has deemed that it's yeah. okay to look like yeah. as a female. Yeah, um and it's, it's the spouting of rhetoric from mm. people like she who shall not be named, and mm. you know, other turfs and Prime Minister, and it makes it an incredibly toxic environment for people oh. like you've yeah. said it several times just trying to live their best life they're just trying to live their truth they're not trying to hurt anyone and mm. people wouldn't choose to do this god no no <laughs> nobody in their right mind would choose to do it i i didn't want to be trans i didn't i actively i actively tried not to be i really did but it was futile in the end and and, and you know it's just i just want to be happy that, that's, that's all it is <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I, I just think, I mean, Vicky and I get incredibly worked up about this and, um, I have to, I have to stop myself because I get <laughs> my blood pressure increases. So on to the next question. Um, you offer an incredible service on your website where you support individuals and you mentor trans people and, you know, people in the cross-dressing community. 
what do you find are the most common themes or difficulties that people that you talk to face? And do you find anything that they come to you with triggering at all? Um, I haven't been triggered by anything that they've come to me with yet. So that's part of it. Um, things that what, what I find is that, you know, I, so when I do my me, you know, my, my public speaking and my media appearance and stuff, I, so often I get contacted by not just trans people, but, parents of trans people and partners of trans people and all those people can be struggling with it because it affects all those people as well it's not just the trans people themselves so it's a it's a it's a large amount of people that it affects and 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 it's a bit of a cliche but we're all on a journey with this and and the thing is that the trans people we we've had gender dysphoria driving us on on this journey and and to get to the point where we explode and we admit to ourselves, this is who we are, this is what we need to do in order to be happy. And we're out of the traps at 100 miles an hour. We want to then go. But of course, all our loved ones all around us, they haven't had gender dysphoria driving them on. Usually they would have had no education on the subject at all. And so they, they've just got their own views already. And so they're, they're right on the starting blocks. And then they're floundering around. And all of a sudden their loved ones come to them and say, by the way, I want you to call me a new name and, and use these new pronouns. And if you don't, I'm going to get very upset with you. <laughs> because that's at the time we come out and at the early stages, that's when trans people are, are that's when we're some most vulnerable as well. And so it's really difficult. It's a terrible time, really difficult time, terrible for everyone and all those around. And, and everybody's tripping up over themselves, using the wrong names and using the wrong pronouns. And it's, ah, oh, it's, it's difficult. It's a mess. And so it's really difficult. And so we've got to cut the, um, the, the, the loved ones some slack and help them along on the journey with them and just give them a little bit of TLC um, just to help them understand that, you know, what's happening and that it's nothing to be afraid of and be happy for us and be happy for their for their loved ones and help them along but quite often i um i mean, I, I did i remember doing um doing a talk to um, a group of parents of trans people one time and, and 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 they were at various different parts of their stages of their journey into acceptance and some were accepting and really supporting others were right at the start and were not supporting and, and there's one question that one mother um asked me and she said well can you give me some tips on, you know, on, on, you know, how can I get my son to stop doing this? And I said, well, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you, but you won't be able to, you can't fight gender dysphoria. It will, it will win. Gender dysphoria will win. It's so powerful. It will win. You can't do it. If you try and fight it and then you try and, um, well, effectively use conversion practices to, to, to try and convert your child to not be trans, then all that you will do is make your child incredibly unhappy and incredibly distressed. Mm. And you will ruin your relationship between you and your child. And most, most parents don't want either of those things. Most people, most parents want a love, a loving relationship with their kids and they want their kids to be happy. Mm. So, but it's, it takes a while for them to do that. So that, I would say that's probably the most common thing. And that's a, it's, it's the, sort of the journey of the relatives. <laughs> That's I think it, yeah. people don't really talk about gender dysphoria though do they like it's not it's something I've learned so much about since we've been doing this podcast it's not probably something that parents are aware of is an actual thing and maybe yeah. they think it's a phase that people are going through I don't think people actually think it's a psychological no you know thing that someone's going through oh it, it, it absolutely is it absolutely is and it's you know it's recognized by the World Health Organization it's mm. not a mental disorder it used to be classified as a mental disorder, but then so did being gay. Mm. And they declassified that 
you know, uh, many years ago, but in, in, it was, they were slower to catch up with it for, for trans people. Uh, mm. But so it's not a mental disorder. So we're not mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, yeah, but we're just, but, yeah, but we just want to be happy. It's been that's, you. That's all it is. And, it's, and it, is, it's, it really does take over your life. And, and when I was struggling to, to work out, my, I was thrown into turmoil and, and I went on this journey. Uh, it was hell. It was absolute hell. I couldn't think of anything else. It took over my whole life. My business suffered with it, and it was just, it was horrendous. And it was such a relief when I did admit it to myself that this is who I am and this is what mm. I need to do. But it's frightening at the same time because it was so massive. I mean, quite, quite rightly, you won Hero of the Year at the British Diversity Awards. Um, and your success speaks for itself. I mean, Call to Be Trans is just an invaluable service. Um, you know, you're on the BBC, you're doing you, you're doing all the incredible work to get trans education out there. What's next for you? <laughs> well, um, I did. I mean, I just I recently um, hosted the Queer Student Awards in, in Manchester, and that was amazing. And I'd like to do more of that sort of work. I'd like to do more event hosting. Um and that, I was getting very naughty with that as well. My, my, they wanted my sense of humour to come out, but my God, did it come out? The, the, <laughs> the audience. I, I started being naughty, and the, the audience reacted really well. Oh, I love an audience. I'm such a show off. <laughs> and, and and so I just got more and more naughty. It was it was yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I thought oh, I want more of this. I'm addicted to it. So I want to definitely do more of that. And but my my main aim is I would I'd like to be a TV presenter. Um, I can see that because. I just think that radio and podcasts and stuff is okay, but the trouble is that when people just hear my voice and they don't have the visual clues, they just think, oh, who's that bloke talking? Mm. Um, and although, although my voice is, is um, higher than, than a higher, slightly higher pitch than it used to be, um, it's, you know, it's, it's funny when I look back at some of my old videos, I thought, oh, yeah, it's a lot lower. Um, you know, because I'm talking more, much more from my head now as before. If I take my voice back to how it used to be, I'd do it now. Um, it, it, was, it was down there. So I was talking much more from my chest, more down there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> seems weird doing that now. <laughs> but, it, but it used to be up there. Um, but it does that when I have a cold and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I, oh, I had a cold recently and oh, I sounded like Barry White. I, I remember doing, I had to do this gig um, in, in, down in um, Hatfield and uh, and I just I just got out there straight away. I said, I'm... <laughs> apologizing for sounding like barry white <laughs> but uh, um yeah but but um so i think i think television is the key because um that way people can see me as well as yeah hear me and then and then it then people realize but also it means that i wouldn't need to be presenting anything about trans people yeah you know, i just I could do about anything but just being visible is enough because yeah, just yeah. by people knowing that I was trans because of my voice. And so in, in some ways it's quite an advantage having a deeper voice because having yeah. that mismatch between how I look and how I sound is actually quite an advantage for, for what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so um, then they realised I was trans and then they think, oh, yeah, well, she's a trans woman. There's nothing wrong with her. That's just not an ordinary person. That That is what I need. That's the message that I need to get out. And yeah. television reaches millions of people i can reach far more people that way so that mm. is my main aim is to be a, a tv presenter so um i'm not there yet but i'm working on it or stand-up <laughs> comedian <space>. yeah <laughs> well it has been suggested actually I, I i could be tempted to get into stand-up <laughs> comedy actually I, I yeah i 
that that might be on the, I, I, yeah it's, it's not on the cards yet but i wouldn't rule it out yeah <laughs> i love that um right we uh offer all of our guests the final sip and this is your opportunity to leave our listeners with um a snippet of advice um anything that you want to get off your chest anything that you think is you know really important that you get out there please the floor is yours Okay, thank you. Well, well, I think I just want to reiterate something that I said earlier on, basically, in, 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 is that you know, trans people are just ordinary people who want to be happy. Um, that's all it is. You know, we don't choose to be trans. You know, we're just you know, boringly ordinary people who've just had extraordinary journeys in order to be happy, and and, and that's it. That's a good that's a good final sip, isn't it? That's a very good final sip. Yeah. Katie, we cannot Katie Neves and you, Russell, but Katie <laughs> Neves, we cannot thank you. And I'm breaking up the Katie Club. Cannot thank you enough for coming on and just sharing yourself with yeah, us. It's just you. been refreshing, lovely, and just yeah, just brilliant. Thank you so so much. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me on, both of you. It's been it's been a great pleasure. Oh. Thank you to Zebedee as well. Who Yeah, thanks, Zebedee. He's asleep now. He's got oh. bored. He's heard my story so many times. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Brilliant. And if you listeners have liked what you've heard, then check out our website, go to our supporters page, and you can buy us a coffee or a tea. Not Tetley's, not any of that rubbish. Um, probably Yorkshire. Again, sorry, sorry Tetley's. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tetley. You are getting a bashing, my friends. You are getting a bashing. Someone did mention PG Tits before, and we did go off on one. Ooh, yeah, right. exactly, Katie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to go there. But thank you for joining us for this episode, and we will see you again soon. So it's a goodbye from her. What? You... <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. You need to stick with what we know, Vicky, because this is blowing my brain up today. <laughs> goodbye from all of us. Okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>